Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Two Toms, One Ash, your go-to UK-based podcast for all things NFL fantasy football. On this episode, we'll take a look back at week four where we spent Sunday afternoon in the capital before checking in with how our fantasy teams got on. And make sure you stick with us all the way to the end as we look ahead to who we like the look of in week five and the first game of the season at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. To keep everyone up to speed, we're now on Twitter at 2Toms1Ash, where you can reach out to us with any questions or comments at all throughout the week. And then again, we normally put some sort of prompt on so you can ask us just before this recording. And if you're feeling particularly generous, please do leave us a rating and review on whatever platform that you're listening to us on as well. Right, that's enough from just me. On we go. Good evening. So uh, here we are again, uh, week four in the books, um, and and just the one Tom this week. So just me and you, Charlie. Uh, Scully's off. Uh, I think north of the border um, is tonight. So we'll hear a little bit from him later on. Uh, but Charlie, how are you? Good week so far. Yes, good mate. Been a busy weekend, wedding anniversary. Um, so yeah, but it's been a nice weekend. Thank you. Good, good, and again, happy wedding anniversary to you too. Um, well, let's start off, uh, well, where else really, but the Jags against the Falcons at Wembley. So we were all there, uh, me, you and Scully. Uh, well, we were separate, I guess, in terms of we took the boys, we took our dependents and you took your dependent. Um, which, how is that? Did she have a good time? she enjoy the game? Yeah, well, I think she enjoyed the day. Uh, didn't, okay. didn't, once, once the game kicked off, I think that level of enjoyment dwindled significantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, very quick. Um, so before we dive into the game and how that went and how and some of the players that we liked the look of, uh, if any, and then some that we not so much. Um, here's a clip from just before kickoff. So we've made it. We're down to Wembley. We're in the stadium now in our seats. We're about an hour away from kickoff. The teams are out, starting to warm up. Seen Dan Olovsky walking around, had a bite to eat. I'm ready for kickoff. Joined by Ted Jackson. Ted, what are you most looking forward to? Any score predictions? Uh, Calvin Ridley getting a touchdown. I think so, against his old team. Yeah. And who do you think is going to win? The Jaguars. Score prediction? 27-23. Okay, let's go. Jackson, what are you looking forward to? Hello, dear. It's going to have a big day. It's going to score two touchdowns. And the Falcons are going to win 27-24. Let's go. All right, so both of you think it's going to be a close game, whatever happens. Let's hope so. I'll be cheering on the offense. It's not quite the close game that the boys predicted, uh, albeit albeit both pretty close with what the Jags is going to score, but but wasn't quite the case for the Falcons. Um, so so we were sat end zone, which uh, I guess good, and I like being in the thick of it when it's down there when the action's happening. But I must admit, it's not quite the same. And I think even at one point, uh, Ted asked. Who's actually got the ball? <laughs> Difficult to tell who's actually on offense until there's any of those big breakthrough plays. Uh, but Charlie, you were a bit more on the 50-yard line. So how was the game for you? And uh, and yeah, any standout players you liked? The game 
I mean, the view was was fantastic. The seats we had were great. Uh, what I was watching was not so great. Um, yeah, it was just a bit meh. The the Falcons were awful, um, absolutely dreadful. We got we were surrounded by Atlanta fans uh, that had turned up. Uh, obviously travelled over uh, to support them and they were just constantly screaming and shouting and I, at one point I was thinking what are you shouting for? There is nothing going on here. You are garbage. Um, I think they were like three three and outs first off. Um, the only highlight for me was Bijan Robinson. Uh, I know we'd mentioned him last week about people that maybe didn't know who he was um, I, if people turned up to watch that and didn't know him, they certainly did after because he was the only thing that got he was the only th- person that got anything going in that game. Uh, I thought he, he was uh, he was brilliant when he was on the ball, but apart from that, it was a bit of a damp squid for them. Um, in terms of the Jags, there was there wasn't anything particularly great. We predicted. Uh, that Ridley would have a decent game against his old team. Obviously, he got an early touchdown, which was a great start for him, but then only caught the ball once more for the rest of the game. So, not a fantastic week for, in terms of fantasy. Uh, ETN seemed, when I was watching the game live, he seemed to be on the ball a lot. Um, so, I was thinking he'd be coming away with an absolute monstrous score, um, but it didn't translate to be the case. I, th- I think he, he didn't come away with a with a massive one at all. Um, if I remember rightly, he's, he's about, he was single figures or very low tens. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'd have to double check. But um, apart from that, there was there was nothing really exciting on either team apart from the, the defence. Uh, obviously, Jags' defence did, did uh, quite well. A couple of interceptions, pick six. Um, that was probably the most exciting play for the Jags. The, uh, the pick six. Uh, so, yeah, it was a great day. Fantastic seats. Um, it's great to have the NFL over in London um, for us to be able to watch it live. Uh, but it certainly didn't compare to the, the magic that we had the previous weekend over in uh, in Florida. No, and I don't think I don't think anything ever would have. And, and it is a bit of a shame, isn't it, for, for England and English fans when we do go watch. And in fairness, I guess before the start of the season, I know that the Jags have signed up for, well, it was the 10th year they've been coming over, hasn't it? But this looks like one of the best seasons, one of the best offences that they've ever had over here, certainly before the season. Um, and I know when the fixtures come out and we got the tickets that, yeah, B. John Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, like they've got a good offence as well. It's going to be actually a real, really good game. And the only thing that usually slows it down in England, I think, is when it's a, a bit of a washout and it's rained. But that wasn't the case either. So, so yeah, a, a bit of a a bit of a dampener on it all. Uh, and totally agree, Bijan. I think with some of the kind of missed tackles and some of the well, not missed tackles, I guess, but just the way that he slipped around defenders was unbelievable. But with no one else really to defend, he'd just dodge one really, really well. And then another defender was just straight on him and couldn't really get away. Um, the other player that I just want to touch on, really, so Kyle Pitts being the one which I still really like. And I think if if Desmond Ridder gets dropped, maybe not so much this season, I'll do, albeit I do quite like Taylor Heineke, but if he goes to another team or he gets a decent quarterback, I think Kyle Pitts is still well and truly alive in this league and maybe even on the Falcons. But, but Jonu Smith, which is no slouch, 
but had a much better game and looks like a much better tight end for the for the Falcons. If you've got Kyle Pitts on your team, Charlie, is it a case of you just dropping him now? Yeah, nailed on. He's not doing anything. He hasn't done anything um, for, since he's been in the league. He's such a fantastic player. And, I, and I'm not sure if it is down to Ridder. I, I think it's the offensive coordinator play calling. They just don't get him involved in the passing game at all. It, it's like having uh, Cristiano Ronaldo and tying his right leg to his left and, and not using him. Like, just use the guy. He's a fantastic football player. He's a great pass catcher. Use him in that. They just don't use him. They're not using him to his full potential. And it's so frustrating to see that he's out there. He's he's blocking. He's he's, he's still involved in the game, but they're just not using him um, in, in terms of getting a better result out of him. And yeah, I know they've, they've previously said before, they're not playing fa- fantasy football. He doesn't care about... Kyle Pitts scoring fantasy points. That's that's not uh, not the point at all. Obviously, they're professional athletes. They're there to win the game, but they're not winning the game. Get him involved. Make yeah. make the defense do something other than just defend Bijan, because that's all they've got to do. Which is hampering Bijan Robinson because, like you said, he throws that. I mean, that juke he threw was ridiculous. That was bang in front of us. Um, and watching it live, I was literally stood going, oh my God, this guy's unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, he breaks that, he, he loses that defender, throws in that duke, s- sells him the wrong way and cuts out on the outside. But straight away he's tackled because there is nobody else for him to cover. Drake London, they're not using him. They don't throw the ball. Um, Abby had said before the game, she wanted to, to put a little bet on about what was going to happen through the game. And she was she was talking about receptions and etc. I just went, don't bother, don't bother with any receptions because they don't throw the ball. They will just run it down the throat, and that is exactly what happened. Well, he did try and throw it, and he threw two picks. Hmm. Maybe yeah. six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what sort of uh, restrictions that you, your your thresholds you can put in these sorts of games. Yes, you can come over to London and play, but um, but yeah, you must throw it at least twenty times. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, there's some sort of fine that might go on. Um. Okay, so let's move, let's move away from that game uh, and have a look at one or two others, uh, and in particular, kind of some fantasy standouts. So the first one I'll pick out for you is David Montgomery for the for the uh, for the Lions. So they were the early game. So they were the Thursday night game against the Packers, which was a big win for them. Um, David Montgomery scoring thirty four points. He's now RB eleven on the season. Um, so. Uh, well, I'll open it up to you, really, if you want to talk about Montgomery and how good he is and how much you like him in fantasy or not. Um, and on the flip side, Jameer Gibbs, how how likely is he to stay on people's rosters uh, moving into week five and six and seven if, if that continues? Well, Montgomery's doing the business, isn't he? So uh really like him uh, as a pickup for fantasy. What, he got 34 points this week, three rushing touchdowns. Um and he was just literally ramming it down the throats, wasn't he? For uh, 32 rushing attempts, 121 yards, three touchdowns, uh, and a couple of passes went his way as well. So, yeah, he's absolute lion's share. And he's he's um, he's doing well with it. Oh, he, he did well with it against Green Bay, although Green Bay, not a fantastic uh, run defense, whether... Looking at games he's had previously against better 
defense is not not quite as many points, but he's he's still, pardon the pun, getting the lion's share uh, nice. of the work. But yeah, he he got it done this week. In terms of Gibbs, I still he's still somebody that I like, and I, I said to you, obviously you drafted him in our league at the time when you drafted him, I, th- I think you were a little bit unsure whether you'd reach for him or um, whether you were you were happy taking him where you did. And and I'd said to you, if you hadn't picked him up that round, I would have. Um, I was big on Gibbs. I was big on Robinson. I know everybody was big on Robinson. He, he was, wasn't going past the first round, but Gibbs was sort of second, third round for me as a no-brainer. Uh, he's got so much skill. And... and I, I I feel like he's been wasted a little bit. Um, a bit like Bijan, he, he can be involved in the passing game and he's not quite getting used as much as as I would like to see. Uh, obviously, that would give defences something more to look at. I mean, he's, he is getting the ball thrown to him. He's had, he only got two against Atlanta but the, uh, the week prior, but this week he's had five targets four catches uh, but only 11 yards so something's just not quite marrying up I, I think he could come good uh, but it's a bit of a gamble to be playing him every week until we see a bit more consistency I, I wouldn't want him sat in my lineup uh, coming away with single digit points on such a high draft round uh, such a high draft pick uh, I think there's more uh, consistency through other players, but I think he could come good, um, and it definitely gives defenses something extra to think about. If you've got David Montgomery just running it through you down your throat, and uh, and you've got Gibbs on the field as well, it, it gives them two things to think about. I mean, I'd, I've, I don't know how often it's been, but if they're both lined up in the back um, as an option to to uh, pass it to Gibbs or or hand it off to Montgomery, whether they've been doing that, but that, I mean, there's a defence, that'd be an absolute nightmare to to uh, to try and defend. Yeah, I, I'm with you on all that. I think it, if the, the Lions are going with whatever the hot hand is and it's Montgomery right now, so whether that's yeah, later on in the season that Gibbs, because either Montgomery gets banged up or he just kind of gets used to the offence or they then make the playoffs, but again, unlike the Falcons that we talked about, but the, the Lions are 3-1, and one, so you can't fault what they're doing with it. Um, and for me, if you've got Montgomery, you have to start him. You'd rather start him and he can get single digits and you regret it. Uh, and the same for Gibbs. So I think week four, I did start Gibbs in my lineup, but that's that's the last time until he does well. I think he's he's going to sit on my bench. I'm happy to trade him away if there's any kind of trade value out there. Uh, he's not going to get dropped, but he's certainly just going to sit on my bench until he proves that he's going to score 20 I think capable of scoring 30-plus points, but until he does that, he's just going to sit there on my bench and um, just kind of keep it warm, really, until until it's shown otherwise. Um, so, yeah, so it's a bit of a bit of a shame that he was drafted that kind of second, third round, but um, but for the time being, it's not paying off just yet. Um, but good pick-up if you've got Montgomery. Um, and staying in that division, really, uh, Cole Komet. So we'll touch on some of the other Bears uh, in the next section, but Cole Komet was tight end number one on the week. Scoring 27 points uh, in a loss, which is which is quite funny in itself, really, against the Broncos. But Cole Komet, seven receptions, 78 yards, two touchdowns. Is that a tight end that you'd be looking at picking up and starting? Do you think that's a bit of form coming on? Or or is that really a 
flash in the pan. Um, he's going to go back to back to being his usual self, and, and maybe even the Bears being back to their usual self on offense. I mean, I'd love to say pick him up because obviously in our main league, I've got Justin Justin Fields uh, and DJ Moore. So I'd love to say it's going to continue, but yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I don't see it. Denver defense are not good. Um, we saw what the Dolphins did against them, but the Bears did what the Bears do and uh, and threw it away, didn't they, in the end and, and came away with that loss after taking such a big lead. Um, yeah, I, I, he had a great performance. I'd like to think Justin Fields is going to continue this. I mean, he, he threw for over 300 yards. Um, so fantastic performance from him. And if he continues that, then definitely Cole Komet. I mean, he's, he's maybe somebody, if you've got space on your roster, um, you've got a bit of dead wood on there that's not doing anything, he may be worth picking up if you've not got a second tight end and you've got somebody that, that you're happy or, or, or is scoring steady points for you. Then, yeah, maybe pick him up uh, and, and leave him on your bench. I wouldn't say go in this week against Washington, who don't let many points to the to the tight end position. Um, but see how they get on. See if this vein of form continues. Maybe he can jump uh, the hype. If it does continue into next week, he isn't going to be hanging around on waivers. Is a couple of couple of high scoring weeks, and people are going to start snapping him up. So maybe try and get ahead of that. Stick him on your bench. See how he gets on this week. Uh, if you've got room and you've got a bit of dead wood, that's that's not particularly. Uh, an option for you to to put into your team. Yeah, and there's some some of those bye weeks coming up, starting this week, upcoming, isn't there? So, uh, so yeah, maybe maybe some teams are in need of it. Uh, but you're right, absolutely imploded the Bears. Or or maybe it was a great comeback by uh, by your boy Russ Wilson. Um, so, well played Broncos. No, it was the Bears. So looking back at how our teams got on in week four, uh, Scully um, scored 74 points in a loss to Midi, uh, oh. which, 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 yeah, it's a headline in itself, but we'll come on to that. Um, I scored 121 in a win against Wellham. Uh, and Charlie, you scored the highest out of the three of us, scoring 158 points. Uh, as you won as well. So that takes the total for the season. Uh, I've got two wins and you two have got one apiece. So where else to start but with Scully's measly 74 points in a loss to Midi, who only scored 95 points. So Midi remains unbeaten at 4-0 with that scabby score. Um, Let's have a look at Scully's team then. So so 74 points, it's never going to be great, is it? Who's he got in? He started Lawrence as his quarterback, 18 points, and Algier at running back, scoring two points. I think that was a little bit... We were watching them. If you've got a Falcons or Jags players on your roster, you maybe had to start them. Um, Kenny Walker, 13 points. Not bad, I guess, but he's scored higher than that uh, for the past few weeks. Uh, Amari Cooper, I guess the Browns did nothing on all, at all on offense, uh, especially with that backup quarterback, but scoring two points. So Brown started his week off well with 16 points, not too bad, but again, he's he's more than capable of more than that. Uh, and then finishing it off, Ray Kincaid with six, Zay Flowers with eight. 
Matt Gay's kicker with just one point. And then the Browns' defence, who, like we've talked about quite a bit, really, have been solid all season, scored just five points in that loss against the Ravens. Um, and in fairness, not a great deal more on his bench as well. Kind of, I know he's flip-flopped with Brian Robinson and Algier a little bit. So Robinson scored 13 points, so maybe would have improved it a little. But, um, but yeah, I don't think he could have picked much else in that one. Um, before we move on, before we move on to that, just to talk about that, I know Scully likes the fact that he's got the Browns so he can mention them every week. So let's talk about the Browns. Let's talk about this Browns defense that are supposed to be phenomenal. Um, and yes, they do have some fantastic players, but they only came away with five points. Um, that's only five points. They got three sacks, uh, and a fumble recovery. That was their total of five. But they let the Ravens score 28-3. I know as a Steelers fan, I can't be too uh, (laughs) big shouting about it. Obviously, we had a a shocking game, and we'll not talk about how bad we were. Uh, But yeah, 28-3. The all-singing, all-dancing Browns defence. Yeah, that's taken a bit of a turn out it the defense uh, and like I said kind of as well as the offense just when Deshaun Watson looked like he was coming into some sort of form um yeah I didn't play but uh, but yeah just just as you were touching on that yeah I, I did have a sneaky look at the Steelers defense and didn't realize the big score that they'd put up this last week and minus one against the Texans so um not that I need to not that he needs it but if there is any sort of voice from the other side <laughs> you know he's screaming about that <laughs> on the other line um uh, let me talk about mine next uh, just while you think about and wallowing that success on yours for just a little bit longer um so yeah so i scored 121 points against wellam who scored 107 so that was pretty close all all weekend really not over completely until a monday night game um but some good scores in there from surprisingly surprising players so I guess you just talked on the Browns against the Ravens Lamar Jackson scored 32 points Alvin Kamara came straight in and scored 21 points which is a really good sign uh, against the Buccaneers and in the loss to the Buccaneers Uh, I was a bit unsure of how he'd do but it was more out of necessity that I was desperate for a running back to play and do well and also I think the Saints are in a similar position so um, so that was a nice score Tyreek Hill, just 10 points, so pretty low for him. But, uh, yeah, a bit of a knock back down to reality for the Dolphins as a whole, really, against the Bills. Um, started Christian Kirk, so 16 points against the Falcons in London. Hawkinson, just four points this week. Um, and then Rashawn Johnson, which I don't really know why I started him in the end, but 2.5 points for the Bears at running back. I know Khalil Herbert had a really good game, but, uh, yeah, I think that's I think Johnson's a bit similar to Gibbs, really. He's... He's either on my bench or he might even get dropped with that. There's, there's, yeah, I get a really good, solid week one, but that's about it for him. Um, Jake Elliott, another big week, and obviously kicked the winning field goal for the Eagles, finished with 16 points. And the Jets' defence against the Chiefs scored nine points, uh, which I, I was and probably still am on the edge of maybe dropping the Jets' defence. I'm not too sure. I think no matter how good the defence... Yeah, not no, the nine's one. good, I guess. Yeah, I guess if your offense is as bad as what the Jets is at the minute, no matter what the defense is like, the defense is going to be on a lot and potentially conceding a lot. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Another week, again, with the bye weeks coming up to a couple of good free agent D 
defences that we've got in our league. I'll probably leave it there for a little bit longer. Um, so, Charlie, yeah, we'll come on to yours then before we look ahead a little bit more to, to week five. So let's have a look at your team. So 158, so a really big, solid score. Kyle scoring 121, so pretty convincing win in the end, was it? Uh, not not while I was watching it. Before we move on to mine, I just want to make a point about one of your players, uh, which you, you haven't touched on, which is Alvin Kamara. So, yes, he, he, we, are, we are obviously in a, a full PPR league. I don't know if you are aware of this. This is something that I heard earlier on today uh, and was I thought was a fantastic stat, so I need to share it. So, obviously, he had 11 temp, attempts rushing, 51 yards. Not, not, not amazing. However, he scored his points from his receiving. So, 14 targets, 13 catches. 13 catches, you're thinking, that's great. For a PPR league, fantastic. Receiving yards from 13 catches, 33. <laughs> 33 yards from 13 catches. The previous record, so that is now a record low for anybody receiving the ball 13 times. That's a record low for yards on 13 receptions. Prior to that, it was 70-odd. So it's not even close. That was disgusting. 13 receptions, 33 yards. Uh, you don't even think of that. Like, I guess even running backs who, who do well and catch out of the backfield, they might score, they might receive it, I don't know, five or six times. But yeah, 13 times on, well, what? Probably one yard. Just disgusting. One yard screen. Absolutely disgusting. Passes. But hey, 13 points for 13 receptions, mate. Uh, get him in your team. Yeah, welcome back. Um, thanks but, for yeah. that. Yeah, I think. you're welcome. Um, yeah. So on to mine anyway. Yes. So uh, as I mentioned earlier with Cole Komet, Justin Fields had a fantastic game. Mm. So I was I watched when we when we finished the game in uh, in Wembley, we we managed to scoot over pretty sharpish to uh, Central London. Went into the Hippodrome Casino in Leicester Square. Uh, in the basement there, they've got loads of screens set up, uh, and it's essentially a live version of Red Zone. They've got Red Zone on one channel. They've got umpteen different games uh, on another. So if you are down in London and you want to go and watch a few games, I would definitely recommend there. But you need to get in there early because uh, space is at a premium, shall we say. So I was watching the games there, watching Justin Fields, and I was like, this is it. This is the guy I drafted. He's on fire. This guy is going to the moon and back. As I said, th over 300 yards passing, 335 yards Four passing touchdowns. Uh, in terms of fantasy, absolutely fantastic. My concern is, are the Bears going to keep him in? Are they going to are they going to look elsewhere? Because he just did what 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 the Bears have done. He, he takes that that hit. I mean, you can't you can't put it all on Justin Fields. Um, they had a massive lead and they just allowed Denver back into the game. Uh, but then that hit. As, as the defender's running through and, and he just doesn't secure the ball, whether he didn't see him coming, I, I just, I, I was in despair and I'm thinking, no, no, this is the field we've seen for the last few weeks. Let's stick with the first half, Justin Fields. Let's stick with this monstrous thrower who, in fairness, was using his legs as well, still running, still doing Justin Fields things. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we've, we've now got the Justin Fields that I drafted and not what we saw in the last last quarter 
Um, apart from him, uh, Bijan, obviously we spoke about earlier, 18.7. Najee Harris was probably the only spark in that Steelers offense. I thought he had a good game. Um, a few pa- few uh, a few catches. He's he got a bit more involved involved in the passing game than he has done uh, in terms of yards. Anyway, uh, he had a couple of catches, uh, a couple of targets, one catch, thirty two yards after that catch. Uh, I don't know if you saw that. It was a I'm surprised if he, he wouldn't be on uh, angry runs with that, fighting <laughs> his way for for extra yardage, uh, and then seventy one yards from fourteen attempts. So not. An amazing game, but it, like I said, it was a shocking game from the Steelers. So the less said about that, the better. Mike Evans looked good, as he has done all season. Uh, unfortunate to go out with a hamstring injury, although I don't think it's serious. He was he was uh, on the bike, on the sideline, trying to get back in the game. And obviously, they've got a bike coming up this week. So um, still happy with him. Devontae Adams didn't have a fantastic game with a backup quarterback. But still, he's still the number one guy. 15 points from him. Uh, Sam Laporta I put in um, for the early game. Uh, only nine points, are slightly less than predicted. But I still really like him. He's somebody that I was happy with uh, picking up in the late rounds. And uh, he, he's, he's still doing it. He's still involved. Um, I think there were nine, nine points all came in the first half. I don't think he really got involved second half, which was frustrating. Uh, and then DJ Moore. What a man. 27 points. Uh, I don't know if you saw that touchdown he caught. Uh, I've watched it a few times. So he's, uh, he gets his, I think it's his left foot in and then turns. Uh, and the, the nous to kick the pylon with his right foot because he knows he's not getting his to- foot, his toe down, kicks the pylon to, uh, to, to get the touchdown. Uh, just showing what, what he can do. Uh, fantastic performance from him. Uh, and then the, the shining light of it all. Was uh, was the Cowboys' defense unbelievable? The, um, these are these are comical. These Cowboys' defense scores really aren't they? Amazing. So so yeah. wh- while we were watching the Hippodrome before we we left before the um, the late games kicked off or or just after the late games had kicked off, and at that point it was ve- it was getting very close between me and Kyle because he'd got uh, AJ Brown who was just scoring points for fun, uh, an absolute machine and uh, and doing what people drafted him for uh, in, in the position he was taking this year. Uh, he got Khalil Herbert, who was a monster for the Browns on the ground. Um, so, yeah, he'd got some big scores and I thought, this is going to be really close. He'd still got a lot of players to play. He got Pollard, he'd got Lockett, um, the Chiefs defence against the Jets, I thought would score better than they did. So I was really panicking going into those late games. And then uh, when I got back to the hotel and saw the Cowboys defence, uh, I was like, this is why I picked these guys up. All my prayers have been answered. I'm walking away with the win this week just on that. Um, so yeah, happy with them. And then uh, CJ Stroud on my bench, 25 what's points. The, what's the plan? What's the plan for week five, do you think? I think I'm going to keep Fields in. Okay. Um, for the fact that they're playing Washington, they're not amazing against the uh, against quarterbacks. They do give points up against quarterbacks, and I know I'm playing you, so I don't want to give too much else away. But uh, yeah, I think Fields will uh, will probably start for me this week, just because of that. Because Stroud's got Atlanta. Atlanta got good defense. Um, 
as poor as they are on offense, I think they they hopefully Fields does what he did last week and uh, and scores me some decent points. Yeah, quite possibly. And it looks like, apart from those two at quarterback, it looks like the rest of your bench is probably on a bye week, I think, as it stands at the, the full, minute, aren't they? The so... full bench is on a bye week. I've had to put two tight ends in. Uh, I've had yeah. to use uh, Darren Waller as a flex. So I am trying to make some trades. I've got one lined up that could potentially give me a, another receiver. Um, and I know I've been sending you a couple of trades, seeing as you uh, did some dodgy dealing. I mean, we'll put this out. We'll put this out into into the uh, podcast world. Please get in touch with on, us on Twitter and tell us what you think to this. So, Ash had uh, a chain, a keeney, whatever you whatever you call him for the uh, for the Dolphins, <laughs> who still an RB two, but has had a monstrous couple of weeks. So obviously has been trying to sell him high. He's managed to reel himself one in, and he's traded Tony Pollard for for him. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if there's some sort of extra incentives been added to this because when I saw it come through, I nearly threw my phone against the wall, especially the fact that I'm playing Ash this week. So please get in touch with us on Twitter because there's got to be some dodgy dealings going on here. The fact that he's taking Pollard for uh, for Akini, I, I, I'm not happy with that. So, uh, right, okay. So in my defence, if I may... So Devon Achin is fourth overall, RB four. Pollard is RB seven. Whoa, so whoa, whoa, whoa! If anything, Any... no, I'm no. taking a bit of a drop here. I'm doing Kyle a favor. No way, no Everyone chance. Look at it like Anybody that. can skew figures. Let's what what did uh, most of those points came from that massive win against Denver, uh, and obviously had a good week last week. We're four weeks in, and I'm pretty sure the first two weeks he scored next to Sweet FA. So, so absolutely right. I agree with Charlie. If you want to let me know what anyone thinks of that trade, who you'd prefer out of those two, and then while you're at it as well, if you could choose, help me choose two, maybe three running backs out of Kamara, Pollard, uh, Aaron Jones, and Jameer Gibbs. Uh, yeah, if you can help me choose. Which two or three of those to start this week as well? That would be great. Uh, or if anyone in our league's listening and they want some sort of trade, happy to happy to listen to trades in need of a bit of a receiver. Really, could upgrade there maybe. Um, I'm trying. I'm lovely trying. bit of business. Lovely bit of business this week. So yeah, we'll see how we get on next week. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, n- no doubt we'll all make uh, some big mistakes and uh, there'll be points left on the bench as per. So looking ahead now to week five, uh, and I want to look at a couple of underdogs if we can. So Charlie, you start. Um, yeah, name a, name an underdog from this upcoming week that you like the look of. So personally, for me, I, I don't see them as the underdogs, but Vegas do, and and the bookies have got them at a plus two line uh, against the Falcons. It's the Houston Texans for me. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I guess we touched on CJ Stroud a little bit and uh, I guess the Falcons and how woeful they looked against the Jags. But what is it about the Texans that you like the look of? Well, exactly that, CJ Stroud. Um, he's got he's currently got 151 pass attempts without an interception, which is the fifth highest ever. Uh, and obviously his is still on the green. Everybody else that is higher than him 
on that list is uh, is is done. So he, he can go higher than that. Uh, little little quiz question for you: see if you can name a couple of the others that are above him. Oh, jeez! How, how far back are we looking here? Are we talking decades so, ago? So two two of them are current quarterbacks. Um, so go for them. We'll stick to them. It's got to be ones that maybe started early on, haven't they? Um, who will we thinking? One for me was a massive shock, and he's actually number one for the longest, uh, and he is currently playing now. And Jalen Hurts? Nope. I'll give you a clue. He plays for a team who is a division rival for the Eagles. Not Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott's number one. He's got the wow. longest streak. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What what change of turn for uh, for him? Yeah. The interceptions. So, yeah, that's a that's a great stat for him to hold. Although he needs to, <laughs> he needs to be a better quarterback. Uh, in, well, in terms of fantasy, definitely. Uh, but the other the other one, the, the one who's closest to him, uh, is Tua. Uh, Tua's okay. got 152. So uh, two more passes without an interception, and uh, and he goes fourth on that list. So yeah. Wow. Um, He's just been just been fantastic. There was a lot of people saying the Texans should not take him, uh, and those people were wrong because he has been fantastic for that team. Um, no interceptions like like we just touched on, um, and he, he, yeah, it's over over three hundred yards passing this week. Um, just 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 looks great. He's just uh, and and I think they've definitely picked up a, a franchise quarterback there. And uh, yeah, he, he he did wonders against the Steelers, which which hurt this week. Yeah, three hundred and six yards passing he had this week against the Steelers, uh, who the defense are no schmucks. Let's face it, the mm. defense are our strongest point. So massive plaudits to to CJ Stroud, and he, and he's just getting the job done. And against the Atlanta Falcons, who we we mentioned earlier, just had nothing on. Uh, on offense, other than that run, I know that they're, they're built around that. But if if the Texans can stop that run, then could be a, another big game for CJ Stroud. Uh, and if he, if he can keep him on the field, um, yeah, I'm, I'm expecting him to score big, just not as big as my man Justin Fields. <laughs> yeah, score big. Uh, is that you kind of, I don't know, sticking it out there for a bit of trade value as well, just hyping him up. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how they get on. But yeah, both their receivers as well, kind of what you tank, Dell, Nico Collins, both looking very good and, and both probably undroppable. Again, now we're getting to the bye season. Yeah, uh, if you've got Nico Collins, around. I mean, you're starting him, aren't you? As much as it pains me because he's on your roster. But if you've got Nico, you, yeah. you've got to start him. He's a must start, surely. Yeah, absolutely, and especially this week with that matchup, um, then then yeah, pretty certain that it will be for me. Um, so underdog that I like the look of, uh, and I said I like the look of, is the Cardinals against the Bengals. So it's as much as I like the Cardinals, but more so because I just don't like the look of the Bengals. Bengals are plus three favourites in that game. Um, Josh Dobbs, I think he's I think he's doing okay. He's QB fifteen, averaging eighteen points a game in fantasy. I think it'll be higher than that average against the Bengals. James Conner, again, steady Eddie, RB16 and fantasy averaging 13 points. Uh, if you look back just on against week three against Dallas, number one run defense, he scored 19 points. Um, I think some of the plays, and admittedly highlight plays that the Bengals defense were doing last week, or giving up, should I say, it was shocking. Um I think the Bengals, that one win that they got over the Rams, which which we caught in week three, 
I think all Joe Burrow's passes, I think there's some stat that's gone out and again, don't quote me directly, but all of his passes have been less than 10 yards. So if he does continue to try and fight through whatever calf injury it is and play, I think he's doing himself and the Bengals more harm than good. Um, It's obviously not working for Chase. It's not working for Higgins is now out. Boyd's not got any sort of value either. Uh, I think I think Mixon didn't have much hope for this season, but I think he's still a very very good running back. But they're just they're just doing nothing. So, um, and obviously with the Cardinals not doing brilliant either, but upset the Cowboys in Week Three themselves. That I think they can definitely get it done, and and even a little bit of fantasy value for a couple of those players on offense for the Cardinals as well. I think Josh Dobbs has been fantastic. Uh, obviously, ex Steeler, um, he, he's come in. Not been there very long, but he seems to have got the... Everybody had written the Cardinals off, hadn't they, this year? They were going to be... It was guaranteed Cardinals' number one pick uh, for, for for the draft next year. And they, they've just not folded against teams. I know that they've not, they're not coming away winning every week, but they're playing against San Francisco, who, without doubt, for me, are the, are the best team in the NFL at the minute with that cheat code in fantasy, especially with uh, Christian McCaffrey on the team. Yeah. Uh, they, 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 you can't expect the Cardinals to come away, but they didn't disgrace themselves. They didn't go uh, go quietly. They, they, they put up a bit of a fight. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I just, I, I agree. I, I, I like what, what, the, what they're doing. I think Marquis Brown, Hollywood Brown's um, a potential for somebody. Uh, I, he certainly wasn't anybody I was interested in pre uh, for, well, for the draft anyway, but I, I think he's certainly uh, somebody to be looking at on fantasy. Uh, James Connor obviously didn't have a great week this week, but Josh Dobbs would would Josh Dobbs be somebody that you would pick up maybe as a QB two if you had Joe Burrow? Let's throw that into the mix. If you got Joe Burrow, you drafted him what third round? Um, would you pick Josh Dobbs up from waivers, and would you start him this week over Burrow? Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, I'm not dropping Burrow just yet onto the waivers, but 100%, there's no chance I'm starting Burrow anytime soon until he gets some rest or shows that he can score 20-plus points and he's back to his usual self. If he can't do it with Chase being fit and being what he is, then then there's no way that he's doing it. I'd even put Dobbs above above Daniel Jones at the minute, Geno Smith. I'd put him above all of those. And again, I know RB15's not even top 12 so which is which is what our league is and what most leagues tend to be um there, there may even be some one or two others really that are even on your waivers that are top 12 quarterbacks that are ready to pick up for buys or if you've got some of those others but but there's no doubt about it that someone like that who can get it done with his legs as well is certainly worth having on your roster somewhere well i certainly did not think at any point this season we would have been saying pick up josh dobbs and start him <laughs> over joe burrow yeah, what we got? Yeah, four, four, four and a half weeks into the season as well. Um, but with that being said, uh, I, I guess we are uh, we're coming up to week five and coming up to the second game outside of America and the second game in London. So it is Jags against Bills this upcoming weekend. Uh, and in doing so, I have got a little clip to play yet from Scully. Sorry, I can't be with you boys tonight to record live. I'm currently north of the border in Glasgow with work, but looking forward to getting back down south and then down to London this weekend. First of all, on Saturday to Craven Cottage to watch the Mighty Blades v Fulham. 
and then over to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Sunday to watch the Bills be the Jags. No surprises who I'm looking forward to seeing the most this weekend, and that's the main man, Josh Allen. Expecting him to have a big day. I'm going to go for four passing touchdowns, another one with his legs, and uh, the Bills to run out 45-20. So there we have it. Um, that's Scully's prediction, uh, and that is Scully, who's been to more games this season than ESPN. Um, so I think it's undeniable, really. It's the same for all all NFL fans, all NFL UK fans that this is the real deal. Like there's potential with the Jags, there was potential with the Falcons, but the Bills are the Bills. You know what you're getting with Josh Allen, and hopefully, uh, I think even in fairness with the weather report, it should be kind of glorious weather, which is maybe unlike Buffalo, but it should be a fantastic game. Charlie, obvious candidates is it for the Bills that we like the look of? Yeah, definitely. Um, this game that they just played against Miami. I mean, the, the, the play between Josh Allen and uh, and Stefan Diggs. I mean, all this nonsense before about Diggs not wanting to play and the arguments that they'd got, had at the end of last year. I mean, they've silenced all that with, with an absolutely enormous game. Um, they, they, were just, they just looked brilliant. I, I didn't watch all of the game, but what I did see, the highlights that I saw, they, they just looked fantastic. Uh, and, and yeah, dominated the the Dolphins. So yeah, it's got to be Josh Allen. It's got to be Diggs. That those those. I mean, if you've drafted them, you're starting them, aren't you? There's there's, there's no no doubt about that. There's, they're they're not really uh, your your outside players. Gabe Davis potentially play play a role. Uh, depends how big the the Bills go. Whether whether they really go for the jugular, uh, take that big lead against the Jags, and uh, and just crush him. Because if they do, I think Gabe Davis is another one potentially to have a big day, uh, and and Cook as well. I, I I like the lot. I like all of the Bills' offense for this, uh, especially the heavy hitters. Anyway, Davis and, and Cook as well. Uh, Jags not a, not a a defense that will just get run over, but I mean they're, they're playing against absolute world class. So yeah, I, I like the lot of them, and the fact that they've got the Jags are going to have to be marking. Diggs, they're going to have to be marking Davis. I, I think potentially could open up some some uh, opportunities for Cook as well. So, yeah, it, for me, if you've got a Bills player, I'm starting him. Yeah, no doubt about it. And we saw what the Jags were doing last week as well. So, you're probably starting Ridley. You're probably starting Kirk, potentially Lawrence. But, um, but whatever they did last week against the Falcons, it's unlikely that they're going to do anything better and score higher this week against the Bills as well. Um, okay, well, well, that's everything for this week from me and Mr. Charlesworth. Thanks to everyone that is listening. Uh, we'll be back next week and hopefully be able to hear from Mr. Worldwide himself about that Bills-Jags game firsthand. But until then, let's hope for even more tush-push, touchdowns and Taylor. We'll see you then.